Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey fam, before this new episode of Last Drinks, Why not jump online and order yourself some sparkling tea from budsandbeads.com.au. Buds and Beads Sparkling Tea, where every bubble tells a story. And don't forget to use the code LASTDRINKS20. This will give you 20% off your order. You're welcome. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Da-da! Happy New Year! It's 2024! What? Oh my goodness. I hope you are not nursing your hangover, but if you are, that's okay, because if it's New Year's Day, and you've got a hangover and you're listening to Last Drinks, it may be because 2024 is the year that you are going to reframe your relationship with alcohol. And I'm really glad that you're here listening to this because this is going to help team. So I have released this episode on the 1st of January, 2024, because it is nine years to the day since I had my last drink. And if you go back to this very date, a year ago, you can hear my last drinks story. So I recorded that when I was uh, eight years to the day sober today, nine years to the day sober team. And I love my sober life just so much. I'm so grateful that I decided to stop drinking nine years ago. I really, truly am just so happy that I did that and that I stuck with it because it works for me feels good. It looks good. I won't say that my life has been perfect, especially this past year. Actually, the past two have been really hard, but I have come at the curveballs and the bombshells and the disappointment and the grief and the loss, all of those things I have come at fully present and I felt it all. Um, And I'll probably go into a little bit more detail probably in a few weeks um, on what my 2023 was like. There's, there were some pretty major things that, that happened. I'm still talking to my therapist about them, but I think it's important to, when I'm ready to share that stuff, because with a life of sobriety, with a life without alcohol, it doesn't stop life kicking you in the ovaries. It doesn't stop life, you know, just throwing shade. It doesn't stop tough things coming. But I think with a sober mind, uh, you can you can face it. You can sit in it. You can feel it all. You can get through it. And everything does feel like it will possibly be okay. I think that's what sobriety has given me is this sense of hope, even in 
hopeless situations which I have faced in recent times. Sobriety is like the hope, like it's tinged with this lining of I'm going to get through this. Things aren't okay now, but they will be okay. And that is what I want everyone to experience. You know, that's why I talk to people on this podcast because I want to know what their sobriety story feels like and looks like and what their last drink was and how they get to, got to that point in their lives and how their lives look and feel and are now. So with that, on this New Year's Day, I am chatting to the delightful Danny Carr, who on this day is celebrating five years of sobriety. So Danny Carr is the founder of How I Quit Alcohol, which is a podcast I have been on. She's such a beautiful human. Love it a bit. She's also married to Ash Grunwald, who is an incredible muso, Aussie blues musician. And there's just so much love in the industry and in the world for this duo. Um, her last drink story involves her husband and a member of the band The Living End. I'll let her tell you all about it. Please enjoy this special New Year's Day episode of Last Drinks with Danny Carr. You have such a great and prominent voice in the world of sobriety and you talk to people all the time about how they quit alcohol on your podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to know about your last drink. Well, my last drink was actually a bit of a fizz up because we planned to quit on New Year's Eve 2018, I think it was, or 2017. It's coming up to six years. I should have checked that before I jumped on. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. Anyway, so we kind of planned this big night with myself, my husband, Ash, Scott from The Living End, his girlfriend, because we were all having this pack together to do it for one year. When you're sober, that's what we're going to do. And, yeah, so we planned this huge night and it was just one of those nights, you know, where you have this huge expectation that it's going to be amazing. It just wasn't. It was one of those nights where the drinks weren't going down very well. I was a bit kind of anxious about what was the next year going to look like and we kind of, I don't know, it was just a fizzer. It wasn't great. It wasn't one of those monumentous big nights. So, I don't know, sorry to let you down, Maz. No, I think great. it's perfect mm -hmm. because maybe if it had have been this thing that met all of your wild expectations, you wouldn't have stopped drinking. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, although it was definitely getting to that point where it's like something's going to happen here. So um, how did you, like, as, um, like, two couples land on, and, like, you know, you work in the music biz, you're in that industry which is just fueled by alcohol and, mm. you know, life on the road and gigs and music and it all kind of goes hand in hand. It's intrinsically linked. So, like, how do you guys and Scott from The Living End land on we're doing a year sober? Like, what what were those conversations like? Just so many nights of debauchery, trash baggery, <laughs> just mm. like let's do something different. I think we were just all over it, you know, like we're all just so sick and tired of it. I think all of our, well, I can't speak for Scott and Claire, but definitely Ash and I, our relationship was suffering and our kids were suffering from it. And it was what my best friend actually had also said, and she was in the pact as well, that she was taking a year off. So I was like, we're in. I'm in. Ash, are you in? Ash is like, I'm in. And Scott and Claire were like, we're coming too. 
So yeah, that was that was that. But it was just too many nights, just too you know what it's like, just too much. Yeah, it, just getting fed up with it and just thinking, nah, I, I just want to change. Some nights were fun, absolutely. We'd have a ball until we didn't, you know, until the end of the night where you're not remembering going to bed, you're making a dick out of yourself, you're being yeah. an asshole. You know, it's not that fun anymore. You know, it, you know, maybe yeah. at the start of the night, yeah, but towards the end of the night, it just wasn't. It was shit. So shit. I was shit. Yeah. Mm. And I mm. love the idea of a pact with your buddies as a sense of accountability and like yeah. you've got to have people around you, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was everything. It was everything, mm. you know, because any time that any of us were struggling or if the boys had a big show on or I was at home while Ash was on tour and I felt lonely and felt like a drink, I'd go, that was the pact. Like if you're going to drink, you have to message the group first. And so, you know, I upheld that part of the bargain and just would reach out if I was really struggling and just having someone on the other end of the line to say, don't fucking do it. Don't be mm. an idiot. Don't mm. do it. Go have a fucking cup of tea. Get over yeah. yourself. And it helped. It made all the difference. I don't know if I would have made it if it wasn't for that group, in all honesty, because it was just, it was our lifeline. A hundred percent. And, you know, when, and there are, tough times like I say this so often like I don't want anybody to think that I think that sobriety in those early days is a walk in the park for some people yeah it is but I it was hard man like there were times where I was like I don't know if I can keep going through this and so when you say to yourself oh just just have a cup of tea babe like it's so easy to talk yourself out of that good thought yeah. But when you have your friend going, have a cup of tea, babe, you go, do you know what? That's a really good idea. I think I'm going to do that. And because I've said it out loud to you, I'm more likely to uphold that good choice that's keeping me accountable to this pact that we've all made and this decision that we've decided together as a collective to cut this rubbish out of our lives for a period of time and see how things look. Absolutely. You didn't do it with a group though, did you? Did you do it No, I didn't. Own? I I really like yeah, trailblazer over here and yeah. um love, you know, I'm not I, I don't want to say I'm not great in teams. I am I'm a good team player, but I I do run my own race. And so and it was you know, I think 9 years ago people were just like you're insane. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, there was no one to make a pact with, babe. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) just all like you're bonkers. You're off your tree. (laughs) So, I I didn't. And that what I enjoy about hearing other people's stories is that um, you found the thing to get you through, and it was other people. It was it was your friends, and I love that you did that with your friends. I found, you know, I I took a totally different road and I think my friend became my journal you know that's kind of how I I just journaled my way through those those tough moments we'll get back to the conversation in just a sec this podcast is proudly brought to you by buds and beads sparkling tea the perfect blend of refreshment and sophistication elevate your moments with our elevate your moments with exquisite tea infused with natural botanicals Sip, sparkle, and savor the flavor for true indulgence. Buds and Beads Sparkling Tea, where every bubble tells a story. 
Cheers to a sip above the rest. And now back to the conversation. So that year, um, that first year that you didn't drink alcohol and you've, you've got a group of friends that you're doing it with, what are the things that you noticed shifted or changed that you kind of weren't expecting? Well, the biggest thing for me was the, you know, well, gosh, even a few months into it, we're still waking up going, what the fuck have you done? You know, the first kind of, and then going, oh, I'd, nothing. It's I'd, fine. I'd nothing. I'm okay. I remember going to bed. And just still having that panic. Then as that started to subside, just starting to get more and more comfortable in my own skin, that was the biggest thing that took me by surprise. And that's probably the thing that kept me going. And also mm-hmm. the thing that when I got to the end of the year, when I had every intention of drinking again, I mm-hmm. even had in my mind exactly what, I was, what drinks I was going to have. When I really thought about it, I thought, oh, I just, I can't go back. I cannot go back to that hating on myself, that horrible feeling, because it was bad, Maz, it was bad, Mm. the way I felt about myself. And I thought, no, 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 I don't want that again. I'm just, I was so sick of it. Yeah. Yeah, So it was, yeah. And I never said, I'm never drinking again. I just said to Ash and the others, I'm just, I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm just not going back yet. I'm going to keep going for a bit for a bit longer and they all said yeah us too so how cool is that so I'm so grateful honestly it's interesting you talk about um like that dread like Mm. oh god how many Saturdays or Sundays or Tuesdays (laughs) have we woken up and gone where am I what happened how did I get home am I home and then you might reach for your phone if you can find it and be like, oh, God, who did I message at what time? Like it actually takes your brain and your body a while to recalibrate. Like, yeah. And I, I remember sim- similarly, like after even after a few months, I'd have the occasional, oh, no, that's right, no, you're fine. Like you didn't go drinking last night. <laughs> you're all good. But it's like. I was so used to feeling anxious and disappointed in myself and full of fear and dread and regret. And like that became my normal. Like I functioned in a, I I held down a job and I had a relationship out of that place. So when all of those fears and that dread and that guilt and that just self-loathing um dissipated it's like you function out of this completely new place and you're it's you can't help but be a better person in your relationship and you can't help but be less of a dickhead because you're not being a dickhead and it's like you I never sat down and planned that I didn't go I'm going to stop drinking because I want all of those things to dissipate it was just this sense of I just need to do better and I just think that there's better and I think alcohol is the thing that's bringing me down. And now I can, with hindsight, articulate so many wonderful things that happened that I didn't sit down and be like, well, I need to stop this self-loathing thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a byproduct, isn't it? It's yeah. like when you get down the road a bit, you're like, ah, oh, right, mm. oh, that's a bonus. A hundred percent. And so um, how did that work? With, so Ash still working in the biz, Scott mm. still working in the biz. Mm. How does that work um, 
for their creativity, for their, I guess, you know, ability to still pump out music and be on the road and do all the gigs mm. sans alcohol. Yeah. Well, Ash, I, you know, I, I can kind of speak for him, I guess, but just his creativity went through the roof and mm. just all, I mean, it's fairly well documented, but what started to happen for him in terms of his career and opportunities were just dumping in front of him, like, you know, amazing stuff, like recording with Josh Teske and, you know, playing at the Forum in Melbourne to a sold-out crowd and all these amazing, beautiful things just kept happening and I think that was also the byproduct of just putting so like all that extra time and energy. Mm. Yeah, just like playing shit loads of guitar. So much so I want to throw the fucking thing in the pool. You know, it's like, shut up, shut up. I hear one more bloody blue scale and kill yourself. but you know, and working on his voice and all that stuff. So he had a lot mm. more time, you know, that was so spent before with, you know, being either hungover or drinking. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. And in terms of your relationship, you said sort of leading into that decision, you know, relationship probably not firing on all cylinders. How can it fire on all cylinders? You know, like it just can't. If you're not showing up as a whole present sane person most of the time, what were the things that you noticed in, I guess, that first year where you were like, oh, hey, this whole marriage thing is okay now too? Yeah. Oh, I actually like you because we were fighting all the time, like big drunken fights that probably from me, I'd say, but then also, you know, some questionable, questionable behavior as well that mm. was affecting the relationship, you know, and it just, it wasn't cool. And, and then that kind of blaming or you were drunker than I, or, you know, he would be on the road and pretending not to be drunk. And I'm like, you're drunk. And all the time while I was drunk, you know, and it was yeah. just shit. Like our, the relationship had got, and we get along so well, Ash and I, you know, it was just, it got really yuck towards mm. the end. It, it just affected our relationship so much to the point where I was on realestate.com and just thinking, fuck this. But I did think I owe it to my relationship and my kids to give this, to take a year off booze, have the clarity to decide if I want out of this or not. The, 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 the honest truth like it had got pretty bad mm. and but what happened in that year I guess because we were both working towards something and we'd taken that taken the alcohol out so we weren't feeling shitty all the time and we weren't having these big fights all the time and we're starting to realize oh, I actually like you that's right although our relationship started we were drunk the first night we hooked up and mm. continued like that you know yeah for ages, for years, 20-something years we've been together. So, yeah, but, yeah, so what happened, we just, I don't know, the relationship, because we're working on ourselves spiritually and physically and all those things, just started to see each other through a new lens and kind of probably actually get to know each other proper, you know. Is that the, wild? Yeah, it's wild, wild. That's so yeah. wild to me that you can be, you can coexist in a space with somebody for so long and not actually know who they mm. truly are because they're masking it because we're drinking because we're all in pain. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, That's... I reckon all that mm. and just just that kind of when you're drinking all the time, like and if they're away, you know, he's away on tour and then he gets home, then we get drunk together and we have a fight and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're not seeing the best side of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Not that it wasn't always like that either, Maz. Like we didn't drink every day, but we certainly mm-hmm. giving it a good nudge towards the end. It was getting pretty regular and 
pretty boozy. And I feel like it just, I feel like it escalates in the sense that over time with drinking, you kind of need more booze to get to the buzz that you were chasing. Yeah. And so the the intensity intensifies, the frequency becomes more frequent. And so, and then, so it's just, it's not that you drink every day, but when you do, you get to these new, more outrageous levels in a way. And then the crash is like bites you in the butt so hard. Yeah. Especially when you're like, let's get a bottle of scotch or let's get some whiskey. And I thought I was so fucking cool, like drinking Japanese whiskey or scotch Mm. at the end of the night. So cool. I just thought it was so cool. (laughs) Just such a dick, honestly. Oh god, I cringe now. Cringe. Yeah. And do you think? um, Look, I'm not a I'm not a marriage counselor, but I've been to marriage counselling, which is why I'm still married to my husband, who I really like too. And um, do you think that, like, it it was a bit of a relationship saver, the cutting out the alcohol and spending a year without booze probably saved your marriage a hundred percent hundred percent and two hundred percent it was everything I don't think honestly I don't think we'd be together if we'd continued drinking and and now it's just I mean it's not perfect no relationship is perfect by any stretch but Mm. oh it's like night and day night and day difference you know just being able to do things together like I don't know go and meditate together or go on a yoga retreat together and do those beautiful things together and have a gratitude practice together. Tell each yeah. other we're grateful for each other. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, it sounds a bit. But Would, really. Okay, so I was just about to say this. You're about to go, yeah. No. Oh. Uh, no, but to mirror what you're saying and to encourage you, mm-hmm. um, I, so Glenn and I, we do ice baths. So yeah. we bought an ice bath, it's like this inflatable thing. It's in our laundry. We put ice bricks in it. We, yeah, cold immersion therapy. I've talked about it that much on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so it's three minutes in the ice bath. So it's like a 15-minute turnaround of like getting some, making sure the kid, our kid's either in bed or in front of, you know, watching Paw Patrol. And we go into the laundry and then he will go in for three minutes and I go in for three minutes. And it's like it's it's this weird thing and I, I'm like, are we nuts? But then I'm like, yes, we are. And I'm so good with this because we're nuts together and we we obsess over this one thing together. And it's like this, it's almost like it's not a full date night, but it's like a good 15 minutes where we just get to hang out, do this weird thing that we're fully both obsessed with and into and we'll tell everybody about and it's good for us. And so whether that's a meditation practice or a walk or a whatever, I'm like, we're doing this thing fully present, fully like with each other. And that is like, it's intimate and it's so beautiful. And the connection that we, like that deeper connection in our marriage, I know I sound insane, but I'm happy to sound insane. That deeper connection we have, because we've got this one cool thing that we bang on about together and we love doing is so magical. I just, I love it. I love it. So I, I hear you and I fully get that it sounds weird, but I'm like, no, I'm so into that for marriage. I'm so into that for couples. Yeah. We're doing wellness together is awesome. Ash and I ice bath together as well. We've got an infrared yes. morning here 
And so we do that as well. And it's, it's awesome. It's like they it's they become your partner in crime, your partner in wellness. But it's sort of like, I don't know if you've found this, but with other sober people that you've met along the way or people that don't drink, you, you kind of have more in common and you have a deeper connection with those people. So it makes sense that when you're doing that together in your relationship, you're going deeper because you're kind of staying open and inquisitive to new things. You have new experiences where before it was the same. Mm. It was like home from tour, get drunk, watch the same YouTube clips, yeah. listen to the same music, same, 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 you know, and 100%. now it's different, you know, we do and different things. With the drinking as well, even though that is, you know, arguably that is something that you can do together with your partner, like it's a way to connect, absolutely. Mm. But what that does to your brain and like how it, you know, it messes with your memory and it it ends up disconnecting you, right? So this is what I've always found. So it I call alcohol at the it's like the ultimate liar because you think like you drink because a lot of people say like oh, I drink because it helps me to connect socially, like it helps me be social, but it actually ends up distancing you and causing so many rifts and dramas and problems in relationship that mm. it ends up isolating you. So it disconnect it does the opposite thing that you think that it does. And I feel like you really have to put it away for a significant amount of time to actually have that penny drop realization of like, oh, this thing actually doesn't help. It it hinders, even though it's disguised as help. Yeah, hundred percent. And having a good amount of time off, it gets you get that time to see the byproducts of it. You get to see mm. it what it is. I had tried though shitloads of times before mm. this time to stop. And I was just never really successful, maybe because I didn't have the group. I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was about this time that was like, yes, I've got it now. I don't know. But, uh, yes, having a good amount of time. Because before I'd have a month off and then I'd have a thing called much as you like day where, yeah. you know, you just have as much as you like of everything. And oh, disgusting. But you were saying that even after that year, Danny, you were thinking about like what you were going to drink after the 12 months. And so Mm. do you kind of know at what point you went, actually, I might keep going on this thing. Like, do you know sort of roughly timing wise, or if there was a moment where you were like, actually, I think I want to stick with this thing. Yeah. It was two weeks before, like literally two weeks before and fully, like I said, fully intending and then just reflecting on it. And then I read, I read an article. I love Elton John. I'm like obsessed with Elton John. And I was reading some of his old articles about his recovery Mm. and was just really interesting to me. And I read about how he wrote a goodbye letter to alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. And I thought, "Mm, I might do that too and just see how that feels. It was so, I don't know, like it was like writing a breakup letter yeah, And in that, and it was sort of talked about, it wasn't very long. It was only three pages long, maybe in a, in a small journal. And it was like, I saw the relationship for what it was, that it was a really toxic thing. And I realized how far I'd come because I'd written that letter. And then it was, that was kind of the thing where the hammer hit. And I was just like, no, no, too scared. Don't want to go. I was scared too, Maz. Like I was scared because I knew my patterns. I knew that mm. I, I just couldn't moderate. I can't yeah. not moderate. I tried. Did I try? Mm. I tried everything to moderate yeah. and I just couldn't. So I kind of knew, Danny, if you go back, you know, you're going to end up right back where you started. And it was so, yeah, I just didn't want to. 
The letter is so powerful. I talk about Mm. that in my book and I think it's a great tool for anyone just to talk about alcohol as if it was a person, like give it a name and then tell me about your relationship with this person. And I think once you say it like that or write it down like that and read it back like that, it's really hard to stay in relationship with a thing, a substance or a person that you know is so damaging and devaluing. And it's not until you, or it's like you almost have to remind yourself of the damage and of all of the insecurities that this thing brings up in you and the hangovers and the, like, is there any good? At the end of that letter, you probably were like, there's zero value add. (laughs) So then how can you go back to that? Like you kind of, you snooker yourself, but in a good way. <laughs> it was just like you see it, you just see it for what it is. And mm-hmm. truly, like if you were in a relationship with someone that treated you like that or made you feel that way about yourself, yeah. you run a fucking mile. Or yeah. if you were still in that relationship, your friends and family would be saying, you've got to get out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. This, this person's killing you. Like this person's really destroying your self-worth. A hundred percent. So, and we and we yeah. do it to ourselves. This is the the mm. wild part. Is like mm. we, you know, people will say, "Oh, but I was out with Jerry, and Jerry always makes me drink shots." And it's like, well, actually, you're the person doing the shot. You know, like we we love to blame other people for you know, and, and I'm sure industry can be blamed to a certain extent, you know. But at the end of the day, like your choices, you decide what's going down your throat and in your body and we do it to ourselves like we we put ourselves in these vulnerable situations and then we end up feeling like utter crap and then we do it again and it's like how how is this happening you know but it is it is when you can put it away and put it down for a significant amount of time I always say a season is a good place to start Mm -hmm. like a season you know is three months it's a great some people are like, oh, my God, three months. But I'm like, yeah, but think about in three months' time, then think about all the things you would have learned about your relationship with alcohol by not being in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you can assess. And if you yeah. can moderate, cool, go for it. I know I can't. You know you can't. A lot of people can't. And I think it's yeah. okay to admit that and go, zero is good for me because zero is easy for me. Well, it just takes the decision out of your hands too. Before when it was like, I'll just drink one an hour or I'll drink (laughs) on Friday or on Tuesdays when I'm wearing my purple undies, you know, it it just, as soon as you say it's off the, it's just off. It's off the table. It's off the table. It just makes it so much easier. That's one thing. Ash always, like Ash says this a lot too, just decide it's easy and just decide you're just not doing it no matter what. Like no matter what, I'm not putting a drink to my lips. Yeah. Make it easy. Don't suffer it. Yeah, that's it because there's nothing worse than suffering through. And for mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you would have felt this when you did your months off. Like the one month off, you just white-knuckle it and you hate it because you're like, this sucks because I don't even really want to do this right now. But when you flick that switch and it becomes this freedom because you're like, hey, that's not an option, there's so much freedom and power in that choice um, yeah. as opposed to the just sitting there miserable going, I can't drink for a whole month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I Look, I even felt like that a bit sometimes in that year, just like, oh, fuck, I can't drink for a whole year. Like I had to work really hard on my mindset. Mm. Uh, but once I, after the year, it's kind of like 
the year in some ways it was great but it was always like it's coming to an end it's coming to an end but once yeah. I finally said actually I'm not going back it got even easier then yes you know, yeah. it, it's like the end wasn't in like this thing that I was you know aiming for at the end anymore it was like okay there's no end date not that I, but I wouldn't suggest that first up for people because I think to think I'll never drink again is way too much I never would have ever it's so overwhelming and especially if you have like self-sabotaging personality type over here (laughs) high functioning (laughs) self-sabotage yeah yeah. yeah, like you say never never and then all you think about is just destroying that vow that you've made so yeah definitely but definitely you know I think the season is a good place to start definitely and it, it is this process and it's a it's a progressive revelation like year on year there's new stuff, there's new layers, there's new levels, and it's all there for people to discover without alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not as bad as what you might think. It's so beautiful. I love life without alcohol. Me too. Uh, bang on about it all the time. But uh, it's it's just so much better that you just want everyone to get a taste of it as well. Not for people that just drink a little bit, that's whatever, but for the people that are struggling and suffering mm. from it and that are waking up hating themselves or, you know, all that stuff, oh, there's just such a better way. There really is. Doing it. There yeah. really is. Yeah. Well, it looks good on you, my friend. Thank you. You too, likewise. Thanks. Thanks for chatting to me. I loved hearing your story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel super honoured to come on and, and speak with you. So that's great. Thank you so much. I think you're great. And I'll have to get your hubby on next too. He would love that. That would be so to. great. Mm-hmm. Cool, babe. We'll take care. Thank you. Thanks, Maz. See ya. Thanks for listening. Make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode. New episodes are published every Monday. You can follow us on TikTok at Last Drinks or catch up with me on Instagram at Maz Compton. Stay curious. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.